0: Blue wire Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. We got Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! Lou Williams for the win! Bango!
1: Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Clip and Roll. I am your host, Justin Russo, and as always, or, usual, I guess I should say. I'm joined by Farbad Esnashari, who you might also know as Farbid, because that is the nickname he has chosen to grace us with. Farbonio, what is up, man? How you doing?
2: No, man. Single Bill Gates is out there. Suddenly, I'm worried my girl will leave me for him. Suddenly, I'm worried he's going to take every girl, because how do you compete with single Bill Gates?
1: Leave you for him? I might just. I might just date him, actually. To be honest, yeah. I might,
2: honestly, I might leave her for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that. I think is the play. I Can think. You, I like,
2: think. I can't even like imagine like if he makes like a Raya profile or he makes like any kind of dating profile. Like, I just want to see who the first girl Bill Gates is. Like, is he gonna go like like when those Snapchat creators will suddenly date like Miranda Kerr and all of a sudden you just see Bill Gates show up with someone like that? That's that's what I'm very curious about.
1: I just need Bill Gates to adopt me. I don't ask for much in life. I just need him to adopt me. I would just like some of that cool, hard Bill Gates. I had
2: a, I had a friend in high school who like her mom's sister ended up randomly marrying Clint Eastwood and Clint Eastwood became her uncle. And I was always so jealous.
1: That's random.
2: Yeah. Like. I, it, it legit like she just like because, you know, how Clint Eastwood had a bunch of wives, like one of his wives was her. And then that was her uncle for like six or seven years or eight years. That's so random. Uh, on the
1: random front, my aunt, uh, my dad's sister, actually for a while dated Joe Namath when he was still playing football for the Jets.
2: So if you want you to catfish uncle, Bill Gates. had Uncle Joe. If you want to catfish yes. Bill Gates.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Catfish Bill Gates into giving us some money. He needs to pay off some of my
2: debts. We can let him host a podcast.
1: <laughs> Listen, he needs to go full Tywin Lannister and pay off some of my debts, okay? That's that's all that needs to happen. I don't need anything else. <laughs>
2: I honestly, now that I think about it, like the fact that the Clippers have Steve Ballmer as their owner, like I, I really want to know like what he thinks about single Bill Gates, because that like just I just very curious what he thinks, like off the record about the idea of Bill oh. Gates being single.
1: That'd be a, that'd be a great like um just I know it'd be off the record, but that'd be a great soundbite to always have just like forever. <laughs> like what what Steve Ballmer thinks of Bill Gates being single now?
2: The fact that, like, that is that closely tied to the Clippers, that like, I could actually ask that if I if it was a non-COVID time and I could see him in the arena, like, just kind of makes me chuckle about how full circle things are.
1: By the way, what a weird thing to, like, kind of have happen today. They didn't even, like, announce it in the news. They just, like, tweeted a graphic about it, like, with words.
2: <laughs> like, every girl on Twitter was, like, so... <laughs>
1: It's just like, but it was so random, right? Like, it's like here's this graphic with words. By the way, we're divorced after 27 years. Thanks. Like, oh, all right, I guess this is kind of like worse than ghosting. You just let every. It was weird though. Is not the statement they said we would we would appreciate if everyone respected our privacy at this time. And I'm like, bro, you just like told everybody.
2: In other news, the Clippers lost a bunch of games.
1: The Clippers got divorced from winning.
2: Yeah, they didn't they didn't they everybody was super hyped on them last week and everyone was like, oh man, they're the best team in the NBA. And then they were like, Well, now we're not gonna win anymore, and then they didn't.
1: I mean, that's what the Clippers do, man. (laughs)
2: Like you can't you can't give
1: them too much credit because then it's like, wait a second, wait a second, we gotta go back under the radar. And then then this happens.
2: It does feel like every single time these guys get a shot at like Oh, you guys are the team now. Like you, you're you're the top dog. Like immediately they blow it. Like immediately. <laughs> not hot even, dog, hot they,
1: dog, hot diggity dog.
2: They don't like they don't let it ride a little bit where people start really believing in them. It's like they blow it immediately, and then everybody goes back to riding them off again.
1: Yeah, and then they're gonna win like three or four more in a row and be like, oh yeah, yeah, they three, have three they or four them, like big
2: ones where it's like, oh my god, they just be the bucks without. Kawhi, like what and then then they'll be like oh you guys just lost to the pistons by 40 never mind then they do it like what now like what (laughs) that's that's how they that's how they respond anyway pelicans game (laughs) that was a game for some reason these guys it was a game pelicans it,
1: it was a game. I'm glad. People, if you've tuned into the first five minutes of this, you've gotten riveting anal- analysis about Bill Gates' divorce and that there was a basketball game played in New Orleans between the Clippers and the Pelicans.
2: It was a game. I mean, oh, there was a ball and it went in a lot for one team and it did not go in a lot for another team. Uh, specifically from a, a guy named Ball. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, that was, a, that was a kind of a big game in retrospect because like, I just didn't think they were going to beat the Suns no matter what. Like I, I was like, do you know how hard it is to sweep a team 3-0 and one led by like a guy as petty as Chris Paul? Like there was, I just felt like there was no way they were going to beat the Suns. Hold, even if hold, hold was on,
1: petty. okay. It's pretty easy to beat a team three straight times. For God's sakes, the Kings did it to the Jazz, okay? And to the Mavericks. You can beat even be anybody three straight three times. Straight times. Yeah, they beat the Jazz three times.
2: I mean, that's why the Kings are the best team in California, I guess.
1: I, I mean, listen,
2: facts don't lie. Yeah, Numbers but neither of those, neither those teams lie. have a player as petty as Chris Paul.
1: I mean, that's true. That he is he true.
2: like made it his mission. Every time he heard a record, he was like, oh, we're going to break that record. Oh, we haven't, I we haven't beaten Utah in like 20 years. Like, let's go beat Utah.
1: We haven't won in San Antonio since like the Reagan administration. Time to go do that. Yeah, it's
2: just like he makes it a real point of emphasis to make sure he can at least get one. So, I mean, I, I uh, that don't... game
1: in New Orleans, though, I'm going to be honest with you, I did not expect them to win that game. I just don't think they match up well with the Pelicans. I just don't think they also they don't play well in New Orleans. Um, Kawhi didn't play that game. Obviously, uh, Pat and Serge were out as well. Well, like, I, I, I don't I, know. I it just felt like one sense- of those. Ge-
2: I, was like, I messaged Tomer, to I think on Friday, or no, before, no, Wednesday or something. I was driving, and I called him, and I was like, dude, I don't think they're going to beat the Pelicans. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because the Pelicans can beat anybody and then lose to anybody in the span of a week, and they always do that. And I feel like they're just going to beat the Clippers because they can. And then they did.
1: I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the Pelicans... Are the greatest enigma in basketball this year, in my honest opinion, because they truly can beat anybody, and they truly have lost to everybody.
2: Like I mean, that at in the, the last, end of the day, like, four years though, too.
1: Yeah, but this year feels really weird, like really weird, because if you just go through their like their recent games and stuff. You know, yes, they had a tough stretch where they lost to the Knicks and the Wizards and the the Knicks again. Like, they lost back-to-back OT games uh, to the Wizards and Knicks, and they lost to the Nets. But then they have this huge game against the Spurs after they beat Orlando by 35 on the road. They come home, they have to get the Spurs win because they're battling the Spurs for this play-in spot, and they lose. But then they beat the Clippers but then they lose the Nuggets. But then they beat the Thunder and the Timberwolves, which you have to beat those teams. And they got hammered today by the Warriors. So I I don't know what to do with them. I guess if you're the Clippers, the good news is, is you're not going to see the Pelicans in the postseason.
2: So yay, I guess. Yeah, I mean... I guess the, in a nutshell, this week, the Clippers had a chance to, you know, potentially end as the first seed. They ended as the fourth seed, which was or
1: the second seed.
2: Yeah, or the second. Uh, well, for sure, the second seed, potentially the first seed if they had won out. Um, But, you know, life being a sequence of events that leads you to unhappiness, which is what a and drinking. Clipper fan is being about. They did the thing that was the opposite of what you wanted and they lost every single game. Uh, in kind of like differing people. fashion. Yeah, well, this, like the Pelicans one upset me. The Suns one, like I was prepared to not be emotionally invested in it, but then it was closer than I thought, so then I was. And then the Nuggets one was genuinely upsetting.
1: Uh, the Suns one was rather interesting just because like, Phoenix hit every mid, which they do this. I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. They're like the best mid-range shooting team in the league. But Phoenix came into this or Phoenix in this game just started just hitting like every damn mid-range shot they could hit and Chris Chris Paul scores 25 in the second half alone. It's like they just couldn't get stops and even when they did get stops, they give up an offensive rebound. I have a video coming out. I should have had it done a couple of days ago, but I needed mental rest days because the schedule's killing me. So when you hear this podcast on Tuesday, the video will be out a little bit after it. They just kept giving up offensive rebounds to like Tory Craig, to DeAndre Ayton, to Cam Payne. Um, so offensive rebounds specifically in the second half killed him. But like in the Denver game, it wasn't even offensive rebounds that killed him. It was just like everything else. Like basically, yes, Jokic goes for 30 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Yes, he had a great night. That's not why the Clippers lost. TJ Dozier goes seven of fifteen. Michael Porter Jr. scores twenty five, has seven and five. Paul Millsap gives them ten. Jermichael Green is good. Austin Rivers is, is really good defensively in that game. Composo hits several big threes. Aaron Gordon hits a turnaround jumper out of nowhere late in the fourth to extend their lead. Uh, Paul George starts three of six, and then goes two of fifteen the rest of the way. Uh, Kawhi Leonard comes back for the first time in like what seems like forever and. Looks very passive. I believe he only took like four shots in the second half or something. It was it, it was honestly incredible, like going back and watching that game and just realizing, oh, excuse me, he took six shots, which didn't even seem like that many. He just didn't take them for a while. And then he kind of got them up at the end of the game. Uh, Marcus didn't really hit anything. Reggie hit some things. But they're in that game because Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins apparently just became the Bash brothers and started scoring every point they could in the fourth quarter. That's the most absurd display I've ever seen. The Clippers scored 31 points in that fourth quarter, Farbod, and 19 of them were from Rondo and Cousins.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, to to me, I don't know. It was like, that game was, it was just, It was more frustrating because it's like, it honestly, it felt like I was watching Game 7 of last year, where it was, or not even Game 7, just Games 5 through 7, where it was like, okay, Let's just have these sequences of just going scoreless by shooting a bunch of bad mid-range jumpers over and over and over and over. And then Denver's going to capitalize with a transition three or a transition layup on every bad clipper jumper. And like that's exactly how they lost a lot of games last year in the playoffs against them. So it was just like, how are we doing? It just felt like I was repeating the same game. I'm like, all right, so Paul George passes up a three-contested mid-range jumper. It was like they were like half committing to getting past that Denver interior wall that they do against them, which works uh, way better than it should. And it was like, they would half commit and then just result in settling for like a contested jumper instead of just either trying to shoot a three or trying to get inside. And then thankfully Rondo was the only one who decided, you know what? I'm just going to get it inside. I'm not going to shoot a mid range jumper or he shot a three. It was one or the other. It just that's sort really of the part where it was frustrating to me, because it was there was like three or four three or four three minute spans in that game where they went scoreless just on dumb jumpers. And it was like, man, this is so stupid to watch. Like, how do you repeat this again and again and again? Uh but the game also and it felt eerily like game five once you see Paul Millsap going off again, too.
1: Like any good team. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply.
0: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything
1: Denver go six of 12 on mid-range jumpers. Clippers go five of 15. Obviously not great. But the Clippers were just 17 of 34 inside the paint, which 50% doesn't sound bad. But when you're only scoring one point per, per shot in the paint, that's not great. The other insane thing to come to realize here, you mentioned Rondo specifically, right? Yeah. If you take out Rondo... The Clippers were just 10 of 19 in the restricted area. They couldn't make shots at the rim. They just could not make shots at the rim. PG was O of three in the restricted area. Um they just they just couldn't do it. Zubots was like one of three. Like they like are guys who can get to the rim, didn't do well enough around the rim. If you just look at at, at certain guys and you just try to figure out exactly what what were wrong for them, you start to realize that Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Terrence Mann, Evita Zubots, four of your main players, basically, combined to go four of 16 in the paint. That's why the Clippers lost. They didn't make shots around the rim. They made a healthy portion of their threes. They shot uh, pretty well from three, actually. They shot 41.2%, which is just slightly, slightly below... Uh, their record-setting season average, but it's like they didn't make enough of the easier shots, and that happens. Like, what really worried me in this game more than anything were two things. Number one, um, I don't like man playing alongside Rondo. I just don't think that works. I think that's very awkward. Um, It's a very clunky spacing fit. Uh, And number two... I just think the Clippers need to make up their minds on how they're going to defend certain guys. With Jokic, I'm fine if Jokic scores 30. That's fine. If you're playing him straight up and he scores 30, whatever. You can't then start doubling onto him and giving him passing lanes to find guys that you're leaving open. That's where I think the Clippers ended up losing the game. It wasn't the 30 points Jokic scored. It was everything that happened once they tried to get the ball out of his hands.
2: Well, it's like, well, Jokic is going to get 30. Doesn't matter unless right. he just has a random off night like he does against the Lakers. But even then, he had like 27 or something. Uh, and Michael Porter 32. Jr. Is, yeah, there you go. Michael Porter Jr. is averaging. 29 in the last 7 games so like that's what he's going to get as the second option it's Millsap is not supposed to get like 10 points in a row off the bench like you can't play Patrick Patterson against him in theory you would think it should work it's like two older dudes that are bigger going at each other but Millsap's clearly a better player um so like that's the part where you cuz immediately I'm pretty sure immediately when that happened that was when they like let the nuggets go on an 80 run and all of a sudden they lost the lead was in that sequence or Paul Millsap just kept going off so I mean the the biggest concern I have for this team which kind of settled down a little bit in the in the all-star break but it kind of came back up again against the Nuggets is when push comes to shove and things get really tight defensively are they capable of getting easy shots off because a lot of times it looks like they just like can't get easy shots off and they can only get like a three or a jumper. There's no easy look for them, and that's the thing that worries me the most is just their ability to get easy shots consistently.
1: The problem for them in the Nuggets game too was the stretch in which Jokic went to the bench at the end of the first first quarter and then doesn't come back until like midway through the second, and the Clippers lost that stretch by like ten. And,
2: and they do that. You lot. can't
1: do that. Well, you you can't do that. Not against the Nuggets. Not when Jokic is sitting. Not when, you know, you're still able to have another one of your guys on the floor. Like, everyone's going to point to how bad Patrick Patterson was, and I thought he was not good at all. He looked like he had no legs in, it, in it, on his two three-point attempts, which is why I was fine with him not playing the second half. But, like, they just couldn't score. And it wasn't that I thought they were taking bad shots. It was just they couldn't score because – They had no one out there that was capable of doing enough. Like Rondo had like a 7-0 spurt by himself, and that was great. But then there was nothing else. And then he had another one of those spurts in the fourth quarter to get them back in the game again. And it's like, those spurts are awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like Rondo was really good. 18-5-5 in 30 minutes is really nice. But they were outscored by nine points with them on the floor, which isn't his fault. But what I will fault Rondo with, and I'll get back to my original point in a second, is there was a possession late in that game, and I'm I'm sure I don't know if you saw the or if you remember the very end of the game, but the Clippers are down by six. They go to double, uh, Jokic off of off of a, uh, an entry into the mid post, and Rondo's late on the double and the and the steal from behind. And Jokic finds Composo in the, in the weak side corner. He's open and he hits the three and now the Clippers are down nine. It's like those sorts of things cannot happen. You can't have those breakdowns, which is fine. It happens, but you can't have them. Rondo gambles way too much, but you have to live with the give and take. So I understand that. But my original point is a lot of the things that ailed the Clippers in this game get fixed When certain guys come back and are able to play, for instance, you're not going to see Patrick Patterson out there and you're not going to see as many cousins minutes, which I don't think cousins was bad, but they picked on him defensively, even though he scored really well in the fourth, you're going to not see as, as much of that. When Serge Ibaka comes back, you're not going to see some of the disjointed lineups where Terrence Mann has to play so many minutes or Rondo's being stretched to 30 minutes things like that when Patrick Beverly is able to play or Reggie Jackson getting minutes, you know, Beverly can soak up some of those. So you need to get everyone healthy is the thing, but we're running out of time. There's only seven games left in the season. You got it. These guys got to come back. And more to that point, Kawhi was able to return against Denver. We should talk about him for a second. I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was bad. You know, Kawhi, Kawhi had what I would expect Kawhi to have in a game like this in his first game back. Where he did look tentative and he it didn't look like things were easy for him, like they would be when he's fully health when he's like fully back into the into the flow of things, but he had sixteen points six assists five rebounds he was seven of twelve from the field, two of three from three, he goes thirty minutes, he has no free throw attempts um but they basically tie admitted after the game they only wanted to play him in like seven minute spurts, right like that was the thing he talked about
2: yeah, he was just kind of there he just he just existed.
1: Yeah, he... He was... Uh, I'm not going to say floating. I don't want to... Floating makes it sound like I'm kind of just crapping on like what he did. But it wasn't like... I didn't feel him as much as I thought I would.
2: If he was In playing, terms of like, you know, on the floor he, kind of stuff. If he was playing the Pistons, then that game is fine. But like... In a game against the Nuggets where it's like the fate of the three seed and PG is like the coldest man on the planet, like he had to he had to do more.
1: And I think that's him trying to figure out how to reintegrate himself, which I mean, look, it's going to take some time. Maybe these next maybe these last two days off that they've had are are great for him. He's able to come back, you know, tonight. When they end up playing Toronto, he's going to see some familiar faces and probably try to kill them
2: because that's Kawhi Leonard. He's a cyborg. Well, I mean, I also don't know how tired he was because that was what Ty was saying, too, where he was like, I don't know if fatigue was an issue, but I thought he was passive or whatever the exact words he said. But he could have just been tired.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: you th- dude, he's played like one game. I mean, this was like his, if you really count, look in at like it like three weeks. Yeah. This was his second game in three weeks. Like the dude's going to be tired. Like, let's be realistic. Um, I don't think he was poor. I think he was fine. Um, but they basically did keep him to seven minute stints. Like he played like the first seven minutes of the first quarter did the same in the second. I believe he did the same in the third and they brought him back for like the last six or seven minutes of the fourth. So, you know, it is what it is. Like, These are the bumps and bruises that come when you're trying to reintegrate some guys in the lineup. Um, I feel like Zoo is getting worn down.
2: Because he's played every game. I mean, well,
1: yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's played every game. He's played a hefty amount of minutes over this time with, with no real backup center. And I think you're starting to actually see the fatigue from him.
2: Well, there's also he's going against Jokic, though.
1: Well, I no, I felt this way even before the Jokic game, to be honest, before the Denver game to be honest with you. Like I felt this way even uh in the game against New Orleans, even in the game against Houston I could see it when they won that game. Like he just looked like he was not ex- not like huffing and puffing, but it just looked like he was not at full speed, full strength, full health. It was more like I got to be out here, they need me. You know
2: what I mean? Well, fortunately, uh, they, they, they get like a week off with that play-in, right?
1: Yeah, they get five days. They'll be off from uh, Monday through Friday.
2: So hopefully that will be huge for them.
1: And they're going to be home because yeah. they're going to be at least a top four seed. So that's a the good they news. they keep losing. Oh. I, I mean, it would take a miracle for them to get. No, they can't even. I don't even think they could fall. Uh, uh, they could fall. They could fall if Dallas wins out and the Clippers lose out. I
2: don't know, man. Murphy's law.
1: OK, relax. If Bill
2: Gates can be single. Though, Please stop. Please stop. Anything is possible. Please stop.
1: Um, the surge thing is what interesting. Is, what is
2: more likely? What is more likely? Me making a catfish account and somehow landing Bill Gates or the Clippers losing out and the Mavs winning out?
1: You and Bill Gates. Wow a compliment <laughs> go get him tiger <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: okay i'm sorry i might edit that out of the podcast um what was i saying oh anyways back to the injury front so Kawhi's back yay uh patrick beverly sounds like he's close to coming back yay Sergi Baca? who knows i mean the last time we saw him was like two days ago when he announced he got vaccinated which yay and then that was it. We don't know.
2: He might not come back to the middle of the playoffs, the last game of the season. Like, I don't... I don't know. I, I'm very confident Pat's going to come back before the last game of the season. But Serge, I just... it's it, 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 Which is funny, because it's like, then is, it, is this going to be like a Trez situation where like Trez was gone the entirety of the bubble and then he shows up at the playoffs and he's not as good? Like, is that the same thing that's going to happen with Serge?
1: So... I think Pat comes back Sunday against the Knicks. I think that's when Serge comes back too.
2: That's my prediction. But even then, though, is Serge going to be not that good? Like because he missed so much time, buddy.
1: I don't care
2: what he is.
1: I need him on the floor for like 20 minutes.
2: That's that's where I'm like, I just I need him. You need him. I need him.
1: I need him. No, you know how long they he's been out? I, I, I need him. You know how long he's been out? 50 days.
2: Was it the Mavs game that he went out?
1: The Pelicans game on March 14th, the first quarter.
2: Which they lost, right?
1: Which they did lose by 20.
2: Yeah, They lost both of them by 20, right? Uh,
1: no, Well, the second one they lost by 17. So, you know, they put up a little bit of fight.
2: <laughs> I don't know they just like. They don't want to be. The, the, you know the last. They, time they don't, don't
1: was, just see so, so. Here's the thing: they don't just lose to the Pelicans in New Orleans; they get hammered.
2: Yeah, I, I, uh I, my, I vividly, I think I've told this story on the podcast, but I can't remember. But I vividly remember them losing to the Pelicans last season, uh, in the 2019 2020 season on the road, beginning of the year. And it was when the Pelicans were. We knew they were going to be bad, and uh, I was. I le- I left my nine to five, and I'm walking down the stairs in Fullerton, and I I walk down the stairs, and I'm waiting at a traffic light, and some some dude just starts like coming up to me, and I was like, oh great, is he going to give me? He's like, is he going to give me crap because I like I'm watching the Clippers, and he's like, eh, Lakers, go Lakers, eh. like is it going to be one of those guys? And then like he comes up to me, and he's like, you're that Clipper guy, right? And I was like, sure. And he's like, yeah, you're Tomer, huh? And I was like, oh, that's the other bearded guy, and that's how I always remember them losing that Pelicans game.
1: That's amazing, actually.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: So yeah, it's been 50 days since he has played. Um. That's not great. It's I mean, if th- th- this is the tightest back in human history, if you count the New Orleans game as when he went out, which it is. By that time, the Clippers had played 40 games. 40 games. They've played 25 since then. So they've played basically, I can't math right now, like another third of the season, basically. um, They were 25 and 15. They're 18 and seven since. If you just go off of that, going 18 and seven in the 25 games that Serge Ibaka has been out. You've had Patrick Beverly for like a game and... What two games basically? You've had PG and Kawhi go in and out, and you've missed other guys for sporadic games. Going eighteen and seven, they should be they should be lower than the five seed. Way lower, way lower, way lower. Like this is insane that they're eighteen and seven in those twenty five games. If you would have told me. That when Serge Ibaka went out, that the Clippers would go 18-7 and 7 over that stretch and all that stuff would happen, I would honestly have just called you crazy because of the schedule that they had coming up. Like, let's not forget, since then, they played Dallas twice. They played the Spurs twice in a back-to-back. They played Philly twice. They played Milwaukee. They played Denver twice. They played the Lakers. They played the Suns twice. You know, they, they played Portland. They played Memphis. They had all these games against good competition. And they still went eighteen and seven. Are you kidding me? I would take that without hesitation.
2: Yeah, it's it's just unfortunate because like Phoenix, Utah, and Denver just kept winning. So like when they lose a game against like the Pelicans, it's like it's magnified because all these other guys kept winning. When in reality, like they've overachieved so hard for you know their two stars missing thirty four games. Like you should you should have had a cushion on on at least the three seed, like you, you really should have had a cushion, but unfortunately Denver Denver was in the same boat, like their MVP missed zero games and Michael Porter jr. Became 30 points a game guy. So that it just, it is what it is sometimes, you know?
1: I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Sometimes should be the title of my memoir. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's talk about the week that's coming up starting tonight against Toronto. They played Toronto. They played the Lakers on Thursday they played the Knicks uh, on Sunday in the matinee game, final regular season home game of the year. Those three games. Toronto still trying to get into a play on spot. Obviously, they just beat the Lakers with LeBron in the lineup. The Lakers are, are, are coming off of a really nice win on Monday night against Denver, even without LeBron James. They were able to do it. And then the Knicks are on this roll where apparently they are the greatest team that's ever overachieved. Because right now, the New York Knicks are the four seed and, le- and look completely sold on actually being the four seed in the Eastern Conference, which is one of the craziest things that I think I've ever experienced. Have you looked at how the Knicks have played recently, honestly? Like, have you looked at it?
2: Um, I just see occasionally that they, they've been hitting some clutch game winners and stuff. And the only game they've lost was a Chris Paul game winner.
1: OK, so just so you know, on April 7th, they were 25 and 27. Since then, they're 12 and 1.
2: That's pretty good. Yeah, that'll work, won't it? That's like so basically they're in Linsanity 2.0 right now. Yeah, it's just Julius Randle all the time. I mean, that's a game I'm I mean, to be to be honest, like these next 4 games I'm still kind of worried about because Toronto reminds me of the Pelicans where like they're not good, but they can beat anybody. Which they showed against the Lakers. So like I'm pretty worried about facing Toronto. The Lakers are still the Lakers, so like that's still always gonna be scary. And the Knicks are the greatest team in the history of basketball right now, so I'm scared of that game. And then the Toronto again, so I'm scared of that game. So I'm I'm pretty scared of the next four games, <laughs> to be honest.
1: I'm scared of all seven because the Clippers have told me I, I have to be scared of all seven.
2: Yeah. I mean maybe not the Thunder one, but
1: well, I don't know. I don't know at this point. I don't know. door is knocking stuff down. Pokaszewski doing things. I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay. They almost won. They almost won the other night against Phoenix, bro.
2: I mean, we'll see. We shall see what happens. I, I wanted to start. <laughs> I wanted to start each morning just tweeting the word Clippers and only the word Clippers to get people excited and be like, what is he talking about? And it was doing really well. And then they just, you know, kept losing every game. So now I can't tweet the word Clippers anymore when I wake up. So I'm going to tweet the word Raptors when when this goes up tomorrow. Because apparently I'm a walking curse this season and everyone I support loses.
1: Please do me a favor. I know you've talked about being at the arena uh, for this game tonight. Please don't show up.
2: Well, I, they won. The Wolves one that I went to. So that curse is broken now.
1: Oh, that's right that's right thank god for the minnesota timberwolves but, you know
2: but the 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 curse of whoever i support on twitter out loud they always lose okay
1: okay that i mean look that's the life of, that we chose you know or like
2: i've honestly lost track of how many times at halftime i i like will tweet out something and be like oh my god like paul george or Kawhi is having such a tremendous game and then the second half comes and they, they go like one for eight. And I'm like, oh, man, like I should just say they suck every game. Cause, and then I started doing that. And then I started saying like how bad they were. And then they finished the second half. Great. And I was like, OK, so I'm just going to be the reverse jinx guy this year.
1: Have you ever seen the movie Celtic Pride?
2: A long time ago, but I don't really remember. It was like when I was a child, I watched it.
1: So there actually is a, a character in that, in that called the, uh, the bad luck guy. Is he like the reverse luck guy? Yeah. Yeah. He's like a Celtics fan who goes to the finals game and uh, he's just he's just terrible luck, just terrible. And they kick him out of the arena. Basically, you need to go back and watch that movie. It's actually a very funny movie. Doesn't really age well based on some of the things, but it's a very funny movie.
2: Is it better than Batman and Robin Joel Schumacher?
1: That's a tough one. That's a t- no, no, no uh, yes, it is because Batman forever is still the best one. All right. We're ending this podcast now. I'm sorry. Did you not appreciate every Mr. Freeze pun that he gave in that movie?
2: That's that's Batman and Robin.
1: Is that Batman and Robin? I thought that was Batman forever.
2: Yeah. Batman forever is the two face one with a uh, Joker. I mean, a no Joker Riddler. Ah, oh, Batman and Robin. Yes. Okay,
1: then yes, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. We are on the same wavelength. Nothing. Nothing tops Batman and Robin.
2: Okay, but the podcast is still over. I refuse. To, I refuse to. Uh,
1: okay. Do you have a hot take for the week? Um. Or do we retire
2: this segment? I think Jokic is better than AD now. Okay, that is a that is a spicy meatball. I mean, like maybe not defensively, but like. If you were to put AD on the Nuggets with no LeBron, the way Jokic is, like the the results would not be the same.
1: I think I would agree with that from that standpoint.
2: Honestly, I think Jokic is like top. I mean, I have to think about it, but he might be top five this year, man. He's he's having an unstoppable year.
1: What do you mean by top five?
2: Like he's a top five player in the NBA, but then I don't know. I put like...
1: Oh, no, he absolutely is a top five player in the NBA.
2: Steph, KD, Harden. I I mean LeBron's been out so long, but you have to put LeBron. But it's, he's been out so long, it's kind of hard to gauge where he's at. You right know what? Now.
1: Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I think we should tr- stop trying to do top five lists and do Mount Rushmore lists. I'm okay. I'm just gonna go to my hot take now. My hot take of the week is that Shohei Otani is the most talented player in the history of baseball. That's my hot take of the week. I don't know anything about baseball. Okay, so then you can't disagree. Everyone has to agree with me now. Those are the rules. Farba, do you have anything for the good people before we get the hell out of here?
2: It has begun. Uh, It's a quote from the greatest movie of all time, Mortal Kombat.
1: Which version are we talking?
2: The original one.
1: Oh, you know what? You know, what's funny is I tried to watch Mortal Kombat, Ca- Mortal Kombat Annihilation the other night, just out of like nostalgia. My God, is that I, I thought that oh I, like, like 16 year old me or 15 year old me was like, this movie is fun. I went back and watched. It. My Lord, is that thing awful?
2: I watched that in theaters as a child, actually. I watched I like there's like, what's the randomest movie you think you've watched in a movie theater? This is how I want to end this podcast, by the way. Uh, dinner for Schmucks.
1: Dinner for Schmucks. Most random movie I've ever watched in a theater. Do you want, do you want to know mine minus?
2: I'm afraid to know now. Joanna man? <laughs> That's actually funny. That's it's a very funny. random movie
1: to see. <laughs> That's actually funny. The only scene I remember from that movie is uh, when he gets stopped by the cop.
2: Uh, it was actually on TV very recently, and like Vladdy Dvok and some other people in that movie.
1: Oh, that brings me to I know we should have ended this, but that brings me to a point. Okay. Sports movies from like the late 80s and like early to mid 90s are so much better than any other sports movies since then because they got actual athletes to fill roles. Do you remember in the movie Rookie of the Year? They had like Barry Bonds in there. Like, they had actual people who played the sport in there with, like, not prominent roles, but with cameos that, like, we don't get those in in sports movies really anymore. Give me a
2: sports movie from today, because I haven't watched a sports movie from today in a very long time. Space Jam 2. That doesn't really count, though. Because, like, all the movies we have now are, like, they're, like, Creed-esque movies where it's, like, it's around sport, but it's not based on a, a person. I mean, that's true. I can't think of a sports. Uh, there's like the way back with Ben Affleck. I think that's like the only other one I can think of. I, I mean, yeah, I
1: have no. I have. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know. Do you
2: remember the movie Little Big League? No, but I used to eat Big League Chew all the time.
1: Oh, dude. Big League Chew was the best. It would best. down the whole
2: thing in like five seconds. It's probably like the worst thing. To <laughs> <do>. <laughs>
1: I would roll it into a ball and just stick it like it was like the pocket in my mouth.
2: I don't remember the last time I had Big League Chew. Now I, I just feel old. I don't even know where you could
1: get it. Can you still probably you probably still go to liquor stores and find it, right?
2: Yeah, that's it's actually where the last time I got it was a liquor store right next to my house.
1: I might go look for Big League Chew tomorrow.
2: I would get like the green apple, sour apple flavor, and it'd like it'd be a little bit sour for like two seconds, and then just taste like nothing after. <laughs> What was the purple one? Grape? Was that just grape? think so. All
1: these childhood memories just came flooding back like a baseball to the head. And one of like the three concussions I've had in life. Now you're old. Yeah, I'm old. We are old, man. We are old.
2: Not 30 yet. I got one month and then I'm 30. Nope, you're old. (laughs)
1: Uh, Folks, thanks for for listening. Uh, We will see you on the next podcast. Remember, stay safe. Hydrate. I don't know why I said hydrate, but drink lots of water. It is good for you. Uh, Stay safe, mask up, wash your hands, social distance. We're almost through this. Just keep chugging along, do what you need to do. If you do go to Staples Center, as a reminder for games, if you are a fan going to Staples Center, you have to be fully vaccinated and or uh, showing up with a negative COVID test within 72 hours of the event date. So if you do plan on going to Staples Center for a Clipper game, just keep that in mind. Everybody stay safe, and we'll see you all later. Farbod, say something nice to the
2: people. It has begun.
0: If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Go to rcahelp.com podcast for more information on how to get treatment. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50+, for the LGBTQ plus community, a confidential program for first responders and service members, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for help. help rcahelp.com slash podcast.